Hello and welcome to Glow and Tell. I'm Laura, and on this week's episode, we have a very special guest, my husband, Steve. Hello. Hi, Steve. Hello. Thanks for having me. So we are going to be talking about how self-care and entertainment, especially TV, go hand in hand um, in Steve's routine. And we want to talk about how entertainment like factors into our relationship and how we use like television as a way to spend quality time with each other. And as a way to relax and unwind. Yeah. Okay, ready, Steve? Let's go. Thanks. So this week we have a special co-host. Unfortunately, due to circumstances for like work scheduling and things just not working out, Karina is going to be missing this episode. But luckily, I have my husband here to help me on this journey of self-care. And we get to kind of learn about a little bit about him and how not so much beauty, but entertainment and tv and listening to podcasts is his way of taking care of himself so steve will you please let our viewer or listeners know a little bit about yourself and why tv is so important to you well hello i am laura's husband um so tv's always been a big part of my life since i was a kid uh for better or for worse my parents allowed me to have a tv in my bedroom and i would just look forward to watching things. It started with cartoons Mm -hmm. and then uh, syndicated sitcoms and then, you know, appointment TV to the point where we'd get the family TV guide every week. Oh, wow. And first of all, in September, I would look through and all the the previews and be excited for all the new shows that are coming. Uh But I'd go to the point where I'd take a highlighter (laughs) and highlight all the shows that I wanted to watch. This is like when I was eight. Right. That's fun. So yeah, it's always been a big source of comfort for me. Yeah. Um, do you prefer comedy? Yes. Okay. Um, okay. So when we met, I always knew, you always told me that you love The Simpsons. Yes. And as a person who never watched, literally never had watched an episode of The Simpsons, I think, well, for one, Steve's seven years older than me. So Mm -hmm. I'm, I just turned 30. Steve is 37. And I think there may be a little bit of like a generational difference in in the shows that you watched and what I watch and also like I was in a household of all girls you were in a household of mostly boys but you were also the youngest in your family right yeah so I had a lot of autonomy so most of my siblings had already moved out and so it was either what my parents were far older than most parents my age have Mm -hmm. um so it was what they had watched which is like crime mysteries (laughs) and then whatever I wanted to watch okay which was yeah a lot of sitcoms and a lot of comedy and uh, a lot of cartoons. Yeah. Okay, well, let's talk about the beginning, like Simpsons. Okay. Why are the Simpsons so important? Also, I wanted to let you listeners know, my husband also has a podcast with his friend Craig. It's called... The 138 Simpsons Podcast. Oh. Um, it is a podcast where <laughs> we uh, rate and review episodes from the quote-unquote post-golden season from, season, uh, from seasons 11 on. Okay. So you can find that on whatever podcast app or however you listen to podcasts. I would also recommend Apple Podcasts because yep. that's what I use. Um, and it's the 138th Simpsons podcast. podcast. Yes. Okay. All right. So talk about the Simpsons. Like, why are they so important to you? Why do they have a special place in your heart? That's a really good question. So I think it started when I was, uh, you know, eight or nine when it debuted. And Bart Simpson was very... Uh, 
very much a cultural icon, but he's also considered lambastic and rude. Uh-huh. And so everyone thought that he was just a bad boy. So my parents took that and said, D- you can't watch The Simpsons. <laughs> Which is funny nowadays because it seems like such a benign show. Right. Um, oh, yeah, in comparison to everything else that's out. Exactly. Yeah. So I would say that I wouldn't watch it, but I also had a TV in my bedroom. I ne- and I never had a TV in our bedroom. We would only watch it in the living room. But my parents were also not strict about TV. They let us watch TV, but I know a lot of other kids, there were very much, like, rules regarding, like, what you could, could and couldn't Yeah, watch. did you have a limit about how much you could watch, or did you no. watch a lot of shows together, or was it... I think we watched a lot of shows together. I do remember getting ready for work, uh, work for school in the morning and watching like VH1 or something mm-hmm. and cartoons, Saturday morning cartoons and stuff. But it was, but my also my parents never watched anything like bad. Like they never, we never had HBO, we never had anything special. So it was always like whatever was on NBC. Yeah, you know. We also didn't have cable growing up, so um, it was just kind of whatever you can get. But that made me want to find things more. And when I found something I like, it was like a grand discovery. Hmm. Um, but yeah, The Simpsons was uh, just a weird experience because it seemed so different from anything they had seen. And it was, there were layers of why it was funny that as a kid I didn't get. Right. And then I'd see a rerun and be like, oh, that's why that joke is funny or that's mm-hmm. a movie that they were parodying. And it just really spoke to a language uh, that I didn't know that I needed to hear. Okay. Um, and it identified I don't want to say it identified me but it helped me identify myself mm-hmm. in a way because I'm you know I'm not ashamed to say that I'm a nerd nerdy dorky guy but <laughs> there were so many other kinds of nerdy dorky people right like they're comic book nerds they're sure. video game people and none of that was for me yeah so uh you know having something that I can laugh at something that is kind of smart but also kind of dumb right really kind of spoke to me okay nice um and so, when you watch it now, do you still have the same feelings for it? Or is it only that moment of time, like, that brings you back to that nostalgic feeling? Like, are you're not a... Do you watch it now on the regular? Or how do you have that relationship now? So, the... So, as, like, our podcast kind of covers, we are looking at episodes from 11 and beyond because a lot of fans consider the first 10 seasons or the first eight seasons to be, like, the good stuff. Okay. And that it went downhill. And we're trying to find out if that's true or not to varying results. But (laughs) when I watch um, older episodes, there is some nostalgia. It's kind of like playing an album that you really like. Yeah. It's comfortable feeling. It is. Yeah. And, but it also, yeah, I I think it's a lot of that. And then there's noticing new things. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't watch the show on a regular basis, Mm -hmm. like new episodes. Right. I do try and catch one every now and then if there's like a special guest star. Or I watched one uh, recently that was written by Megan Amran, who used to write for uh, Parks and Rec and The Good Place. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was an interesting episode, but most of my Simpsons intake now is for the podcast, where we randomly pick an episode. And does that feel like work to you, or is it still something that you enjoy doing just to watch the show? It doesn't feel like work at all. It okay. is kind of weird to watch an episode now, though, because I am ready to take notes. And look at it through kind of a more critical eye. Right. So I enjoy it in a different manner. Okay. Um, and Okay, so I know that you know exactly what I like to watch. Mm-hmm. How, 
would you describe my TV show <laughs> watching? Because I have a very specific uh, manner in which I watch and rewatch shows. So sure. how, would, how, would, how has it been different from the way that you also enjoy things, like TV shows? Well, you tend to really like uh, familiar things and to rewatch things several times. Okay. Um, <laughs> so there are a handful of, I want to say about five to seven shows uh-huh. that it seems like you like to cycle through. Oh my gosh. Um, I'm a creature of habit. When we woke up this morning, you were watching The <laughs> Great British Bake Off. And I probably watched yeah, that how many season. Yeah, how many I've seen that season probably two or three, two, two, three times. Yeah, so. I have a very, okay, the way that I approach TV is I... I'm a very, it's very hard to convince me that something new is good. But once I do think that a show is good, it's like on my rewatch list forever and ever and ever because I know the way it makes me feel. Mm-hmm. And like I have certain shows that make me feel like, like if it's a fall time and it's like nice and gloomy outside, I want to watch something like cozy and maybe a little bit mysterious. And so I'll choose like... I don't know, Downton Abbey, Mm -hmm. something with, like, I love British shows, by the way. Anything that makes me feel, like, a certain way, that's kind of those shows that I always go back to. Like, I I really want to, like, have something on in the background, and I'm not, like, too worried about paying too much attention. I'll watch reruns of The Office. I'll watch Great British Bake Off. Just stuff that, like, makes me feel, like, happy and warm inside. Yeah. Like, I don't know how people can rewatch, like, murder shows. I don't either. I I have a hard time... As much as I love TV, with a lot of prestige dramas. Okay. Because uh, sometimes sad things make me sad. Well, yeah. that it, And that's I think that's the thing. You want something that's going to make you feel better, not worse. Right. So, like, I, I've never seen The Wire. I never saw The Sopranos. Mm-hmm. And it's not like I'm not... I don't mind violence. That doesn't really affect me. But if the show's really bleak... Yeah. And, I mean, I'm not a Pollyanna. I just, I don't like it when it's super sad. Right. So, without any sort of twist to it. Okay. So, that's uh, something that I have a hard time with. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, for my te- uh, viewing habits, as an INFP, sometimes <laughs> it's hard for me to not fully engage with the show. Okay, can you tell me what, can you tell listeners what INFP oh, is? Oh, the uh, Meyer, Myers-Briggs Personality, uh, personality type. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So help me out here. You are an introvert, introvert n- intuition, feeling, feeling, and perceiving. Yeah. So this means that I apologize to inanimate objects when I run into them. <laughs> Steve worries about everybody and everything to the detriment of his own self care and like taking care of himself. Yes. I admittedly. can attest to this. And I am an ISTJ, which means I'm a cold hearted judgy person i've got some judginess in me oh i know you do but you're not so outspoken about it sure. i am very much like unapologetic about a lot of things but i don't want to hurt people's feelings mm-hmm. i don't intend to hurt people's feelings i just feel like i'm right a lot of the time and that's also to the detriment of <laughs> yeah. kind of feeling like another's people like other people's like opinions don't matter but they do mm-hmm. and i it's a practice right so, but anyway, related to that, <laughs> I feel bad if I'm watching a show and I'm not fully engaged in it because 
You know, there are writers and directors and gaffers. And Is this what you think about? All the time. Oh, my God. Like, th- this is you a piece feel of, about their feelings? Well, just the fact that they put so much effort into this art. And <laughs> I feel bad if I'm just, like... <laughs> especially I'm dying right now. <laughs> as, like, a kind of writer. Like, uh, it, Why? There were dozens of people that put their hearts into this. And? And if I'm just, like vacuuming wants on what (laughs) what are they doing it for well here's my issue when people remake the same movies again why i think about why are we wasting all of our time and money on making this thing i totally agree with you because you're taking away from creative people right exactly and you know i feel about it in i think you feel about all of the people that are putting their time and effort i feel about the wasted time and effort on stuff that is just like a cash grab, which really bothers me. Absolutely. And yeah. you're taking away some sort of like creative real estate from creatives uh, yeah. who have yet to And original become. original stories. Precisely, I have yeah. a huge problem with like all of the all of the movies that we're seeing, that's why I don't really watch a lot of movies, because it's the same franchises just making millions and millions and millions, but nothing original is really coming out of it. Mm-hmm. It's just one big advertisement. It's just one big cash grab. And I feel like there are so few original stories that anytime I see something original, I am like so for it because especially like indie movies, people are really like telling the stories they want to tell. And it's not just like some Warner Brothers, Marvel comic, like cash grab. I right. think it's just... That, and that's just me. Like, I know a ton of people love those things. And there's a reason why they keep making those movies, because they know it's going to be a success. But mm-hmm. I also think people that take a risk and, like, tell a story that maybe is not going to appeal to everybody, but could be, like, some cult favorite, is, like, way more important to me. One of the my favorite movies of last year, which I watched with you, uh, was Sorry to Bother You. Mm-hmm. And I... It had some problems uh, with the Bechdel test. Yeah. But aside from that, like, it was a wholly original movie. It was super, and it took a really weird turn. Like, it was so weird, but in a good way. Like, it was like, I've never seen anything like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I feel like people need to tell more, like, original things. And especially in movies. I feel like TV shows, I'm feeling like there's a lot more, like, diversity and people of different backgrounds are, like, making their stories told. Because I think it's on that smaller scale. Yeah. Except you get more out of a TV show because you're doing it week by week. This has been a big uh, thing that I thought about about the process of storytelling and that I don't like movies sometimes because the scope of the time period yeah, it's so is tight. short. Yeah. yeah, and you can only do so much. Right. And you have to develop like full rich characters. Right. And it's hard to do that in 90 it's, minutes. Yeah, exactly. Um, okay, so... The style of TV shows that you like, do you prefer reality shows? Like, something that's, like, rooted in, like, a contemporary time? Do you like fantasy? Do you, like, what is your, like, what kind of story do you like to hear or see? I like um, absurdity based in reality, I would say. Okay. And And what does that mean? It doesn't even have to be that absurd, but I like, I like it grounded in everyday life. Okay. Just because it feels more relatable to me. Sure. And my mind wanders sometimes if it's too fantastical. Yeah. Like, if it's, like, Game of Thrones, which I like, Mm -hmm. not to the extent that you do. Yeah, I love Game of Thrones. I just think about the people who aren't those people. Like... What do you mean? Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> so you have all these people who are like important political, not political yeah, yeah, figures, yeah. but important sure. figures. Yeah. But there's like millions of other people. What does their day to day life look like? Probably like, gardening. I, I just imagine bread. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I would just like to see that aspect of it. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, into that. So like a more <laughs> muted. I like I like uh I take joy in mundane things. Mm-hmm. So like the tedium of everyday life. Yeah, yeah, because I think that's where a lot of drama lies. Sure. Because it's what everyone well, experiences. And I think it's what people experience the most. Right. Like there's only like tiny like little points of like very high drama in people's lives right. and I've, the rest of it is like going getting up, going to work. I ran away from very few exploding cars. Yes, exactly. But um <laughs> but yeah, that's why shows like Seinfeld and The Office and even, like, Curb resonate with me because they're just people living their lives. Right. And and it's just, like, the normal things that happen to everybody that are, like, the most annoying or, like, the most funny things. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. And so the emotional stakes to me seem higher because it's a real human experience. Mm-hmm. Because I feel like if there was some sort of, like, grand, exp- like, life or death, death type of thing. Right. People would just react however they would react, and that would be understandable. Like, mm-hmm. if you did something bad because it was a life or death situation, you didn't know what to do, then you're kind of like, okay, that I, <laughs> I reacted how I reacted. Uh-huh. And that's cool and all, but it's more interesting to me to see how, you know, smaller things... Affect people. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, I agree. Um, I prefer... I don't know. I think of TV as more of an escape for me. So it doesn't have to be so fantastical, but I do like fantasy because it is out of, I think it helps me just unwind and like distract myself from other other things that Mm -hmm. are like more relatable, (laughs) if that makes sense. Like, especially in books, I love more fantasy because I love when my mind kind of wanders because I am quite like a daydreamer anyway. And my head is kind of like, I'm always like up in my head, like thinking about other things. So I think if like as mo- the more I can like escape and not feel like burdened with like real life situations, I feel like that's something that I go more towards, I guess. Yeah. And I also love um historical fiction. Like anything set in like the past, like Renaissance, medieval stuff, like I love that kind of stuff. And I love British movie. I love British TV, I think is probably the best type of TV out yeah. there. Um do you have any favorite shows that you're watching right now? Well, one that's really blowing me away has been Barry. Mm-hmm. Which, in a weird way, is kind of talking to our point. Because even though he does killings... He's an assassin. Yeah. You um, can find Barry on HBO, by the way. But there is that that layer of reality where he's also an acting student. Right. And, <laughs> you know, uh, Hank. And all these characters are people mm-hmm. who are just doing people things. Right. In the realm of this world. Yeah, they live in Los Angeles. They go to, like, an acting school. But then on the side, he's, like, some crazy assassin. Right. But it's also rooted in, like, the weird, like, mundane stuff that happens when you're an assassin. Like, some the wrong person being in the place that you were supposed to be. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? And, like, so there's the one Chechen character, Hank. Yeah. <laughs> who is, a, you know, he's a gangster. He's a violent person. But he also deals with friendships. Yes. And, you know, all, all the way down to his uh, fashion choices are so spot on. So funny. And it's so, it's just the real experience of being a person. Right. 
Also, I think in Game of Thrones, the more that, like, now that the show is ending after, I think, eight seasons, it's really showing us how people are not just good or bad. They can have both. Mm -hmm. And that's also really important to know that, like, and I kind of think about, like, our political cycle. It's like we can't have the perfect candidate because nobody is that way. So people are going to have their problems or their things that people are not going to agree with. Yeah. But do we still accept them and do we still want to root for them or do we still want this like ideal person that's going to get all of our hopes and dreams come true? But I don't think that's real. And the problem is, is if it's your ideal candidate, right. but not your party's ideal candidate, right. is it worth it to be all in for this person? Yeah. Flaws. Or, yeah, no, right. Yeah. But then also <laughs> on the other side, do you, how much are you willing to accept to be like, I don't like this candidate. Well, and like, what's the line that you can draw? Like, right. what is the farthest somebody can go before you do not want to share in their, like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like, same with game. So like Game of Thrones, it's like Daenerys, you're rooting for her at the very beginning because it's the throne is hers. It's hers by right. And she's fighting so hard to get it. And now towards the end of the season, you've seen that she's made some really like tough choices and hurt a lot of people's feelings and kind of destroyed a lot of things yeah. in the meantime. But do we still want her to be on the top? And then you see also people coming from, like I think of John. He he comes from not, the family, but he always know, knew that he was a bastard. And now we know that he's not that way. But should he jump and try to claim the throne? Or is he going to be the same guy that he's always been? And so it's interesting to see like how good and bad play and they're not it's not black and white and so dealing with those like gray areas is really important for character development i love that dynamic too Mm -hmm. of because there have been some shows that just feature bad people doing bad things yeah sometimes with redemption sometimes not but i think if it's not more nuanced than that yeah it turns me off uh one show that i really like though is bojack horseman Mm -hmm. which um on the surface just seems like a silly cartoon with a lot of animal puns, but there's, it goes really deep and goes really dark. Yeah. And it's hard to rewatch, but, um, but the character of Bojack is so, uh, he's trying to be redemptive and he's not quite there yet, Mm -hmm. but he's working on it. And you see how he brings other people in his life down and up. It's a really fascinating case study. I've only seen a few episodes with you. I don't think I've... How many seasons are there? There are five. Oh. Well, I maybe have seen like one season. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, we're going to move on to our next segment and we will be back after this break. All right, Steve. So we talked a little bit about your love of TV. Mm-hmm. I know another thing that you love to do is listen to podcasts. Can you tell me a little bit about how you got into them and what you kind of love to listen to? Sure. Um, so I've kind of got a podcast problem. Yes, you do. I listen to probably 50. Wow. I recently pared down my list, but... Um, <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah. And as my uh, INFP, sometimes I feel bad if I don't get to certain episodes. You literally feel, like, guilty? Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, <laughs> but, weirdly enough, my love of podcasts and really my deep dive into uh, being a comedy fan really kind of got, after I met you and I had an old crappy phone, 
Mm-hmm. And I eventually got a smartphone. Right. <laughs> and then I would listen to, uh, like, at the time, I think, Pandora. Oh, yeah. And I'd listen to, like, stand-up comedy. And then, so oh, the, uh-huh. there'd be a comedian that I think I, I thought I knew I liked. Okay. And then, you know, they'd play the radio and they'd find new artists for you. Right. And then that kind of evolved into, like, liking comedy albums. Mm-hmm. And at the time, uh, a lot of comedians were starting to have podcasts. Right. And it, at the time, it was just a lot of interviews of a comedian interviewing another comedian, which is really cool at the time because it was a lot of information that I didn't have and a lot of uh, perspective. Okay. But then as the medium grew, I kind of grew with it, and there's like a lot of more high-concept podcasts. and. What do you mean by that? Uh, just with a bit more of a idea of what they're doing. So rather than just a straight interview, right? they might... Uh, review fast food or they might watch a women's rec league basketball game (laughs) it's very i think podcasts and podcasts have been around for quite a long time but only recently have they gone more mainstream and like just kind of i think everybody has a podcast and the reason why people love them is because number one you can kind of find a podcast about anything that you're interested in Mm -hmm. oh our this is our cat in the background apologize um but podcasts are literally about anything and everything, and so they're um, the podcasts I like to listen to are uh, beauty related. Um, so I listen to Forever Thirty Five and Fat Mascara. I also love true crime, so true crime podcasts are like some of my guilty pleasures. Um, and I don't know. I think well, they're free, so that's great. Yeah. Or that's a big bonus. But you can also choose to like some podcasts have. Um, like sponsorship, not sponsorship, but like Patreon feed. Mm-hmm. So like if you wanted to support them, you could pay like, I don't know, five bucks a month and you get extra bonus episodes. And so people are really building careers out of the podcast medium. Um, so, But you specifically are more into a comedy podcast, yes. right? Okay. So run by comedians or just funny in general, like what kind of... Typically what do you funny like? and run by comedians. Um, okay. There is a, a number of... They're, they've kind of died down now, but there are a lot of podcast networks. Okay. A lot of them started by uh, by comedians or by producers of comedy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there used to be The Nerdist, which kind of died down. Right. Um, there's uh, a lot of, like, Kevin Smith has one, but the one that always spoke to me is Earwolf. Okay. Which is started by Scott Ackerman, who um, was on the show, uh, Mr. Show with Bob and David. Mm-hmm. And Comedy Bang Bang is his podcast. Right. And that was uh, one of the first podcasts that I really found that I really loved. Hmm. Um, and at this point, it can be kind of hard to jump into because they're about to celebrate their 10-year anniversary. Oh, God. Yeah. And wow. there's a lot of inside jokes and a lot of... Yeah. But they're like 600 episodes in at this point. <laughs> Jeez. But I've listened to, <laughs> I think, all of them. Oh, my God. That's a lot. Yeah. Um, And I feel like as I get older, I... First of all, I'm not a very musical person I'm not I don't obsess over music I don't like to find new music I am very much the same with (laughs) my music and my tv shows I like what I like and I like the old stuff like I like stuff that makes me feel nostalgic so like 90s R&B and hip-hop is like my jam early Mm -hmm. 2000s pop my jam new stuff I'm like pretty much uninterested (laughs) with um I don't even know where I was going with this, but I have the same attitudes about TV versus music. And so I think podcasts are nice because they're a little bit, I don't know, they're more real Mm -hmm. 
they're relatable. I like listening to people have interesting discussions with one another. I feel like it keeps my brain a little bit more occupied versus and engaged versus just listening to music. I also think there's an intimacy, especially with like the comedian podcasts or like with Forever 35, Mm -hmm. where they're real people. Right. And they might push back the curtain so it's not so performative. It's just them talking. And I think, especially in this day and age where everybody is glued to their phones, it's kind of nice to like learn about people and kind of grow with them and experience things because you're so disengaged from people. It's true. In modern life. Mm Mm-hmm. We're so, like, stuck in our own little bubble, in our own little world. And so hearing people talk and interviewing new people that you've never known about or, like, um, Jonathan Van Ness's podcast is really good. It's called Getting Curious. Mm -hmm. And so he just has a half an hour show every week about a topic that interests him. And he has, like, some expert on a certain subject. So somebody who's, like, an expert on the war in Iran. Mm -hmm. Like, something that I personally don't go out and seek information about. But listening to somebody who has all of this knowledge on something kind of just helps me like, oh, well, that's now in my brain. Like, that's something cool to learn about. So Mm -hmm. it's nice to, like, learn new things when I'm not in school. I'm not reading a ton of books. Yeah. And I'm kind of just, like, on Instagram. Like, it's kind of nice for my brain to be more engaged than it would be if I was just listening to music on the radio. Absolutely, yeah. Something like that. Um, Okay, well, besides entertainment... What other forms of self-care do you practice? Like, how do you unwind? How do you relax? How do you kind of just get out of that headspace? Um, well, I'm a big proponent, even though I don't do it enough, of meditation. Okay. Um, I believe that even uh, just deep breathing and t- just taking a moment to just focus your head on breathing and nothing else. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a coworker who is very spiritual. Oh. And he... We work in a coffee shop in a bar, mm-hmm. um, and he kind of pointed out that that when you're steaming milk for making a drink, uh-huh. you have about thirty seconds where you literally can't do anything else other than steam that milk because right. you're holding it and you're watching it, and that's a great chance to uh, just breathe and meditate on whatever on whatever. Yeah, and that's been a really beautiful thing because a lot of times I thought of meditating as being a thing that you do at the end of the day or the beginning of the day to mm-hmm. kind of prepare yourself. But you can do it anytime. Kind of just to have a pause. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the easiest method for me is called square breathing. Okay. So you inhale for four seconds, mm-hmm. hold it for four seconds, mm-hmm. exhale for four seconds, mm-hmm. then do nothing for four seconds, and yeah. then repeat. Okay. And do you, do you imagine making a square? I do. In your yeah. mind? Okay. That's kind of nice. There's a gif out there, too, of like... a. It's like a... It's like a blooming kind of yes, flower. Thank kind of, you. I know what I know what I know that podcasters can't see my yes. hand motions, but thank you for <laughs> explaining that. There's like an expanding like square or yeah. like a flower kind of like blooming open and then closing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, meditating is hard for me because I'm so in my head all the time. My mind... And I think like that is the point of meditation. You're not supposed to be perfect. You're just supposed to like practice getting back to what you were supposed to think about and i think forgiving yourself is very important yeah both in meditation and in life Mm -hmm. um because for my personality type i spend a lot of time apologizing to other people yeah so i think that if i can forgive myself then yeah i don't have to apologize for myself you should never apologize for yourself i'm sorry (laughs) this is our relationship folks (laughs) 
Um, I noticed you like to take walks. Yeah, tell me I love about, walks. Tell me about that. Um, I, I really want to go on a walk. I love walks. Yeah, so being outside, I like, I like walking because it's just right there for you. Because you know, some people feel like you have to go out into nature to go for a hike, which is great, and I don't have anything against it. But it's not always easy to do to take drive an hour or two. Or and it's not. It's like a to do. It's like a thing you have to right, do it's where an you event. could literally just go outside go ahead, of your door right. and walk so around. I like to walk around the neighborhood, mm-hmm. or you know, just take a bus to downtown, mm-hmm. and it's just fun to walk because you mm-hmm. see things that maybe you wouldn't see otherwise. Yeah, you see like life happening. Mm-hmm. Do you ever kind of just put your phone away while you're doing that, yeah. or do you listen to something when you do that? I'll, sometimes I'll listen to podcasts. Okay. Or sometimes I'll just listen to familiar music. That I don't need to pay attention to. Right. Um, just kind of like an ambient kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Have you ever just... I sometimes will do this because I'm so... I don't know. I, I'll literally just go and take a walk. No music. Not on my phone. And it is the weirdest feeling because mm-hmm. it's so foreign now to yeah, just... absolutely. Be alone in your head without talking to anybody or listening to something. Mm-hmm. It's very weird. Yeah. Like, I like night walks sometimes. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah, it, but it's just, I enjoy the calmness of everything. Oh, okay. I'm just terrified of getting murdered. That's reasonable. I understand <laughs> that. Do you see any? Like, what do you see when you're walking around at night? Hopefully nothing. <laughs> like, I also have fear. Right. Um, And I avoid people more so than usual. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's just a... Uh, I like the idea of it, of just it being calm and there nothing being around. I love, especially this time of year, if I have nothing to do that day. Like today, I think I'm going to clean out my car, but I want to just be outside in the sun, kind of just alone with my thoughts. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm kind of a different person when I'm alone. Yeah. I'm a little, I'm like way more, excuse me, I'm way more reserved, really quiet. Like when I go grocery shopping, I... I don't know. It's a weird feeling to just be, like, out alone. Do you like grocery shopping? I like it. I don't like checking out. I don't like checking out with people. Because I don't, never... I don't like interacting with people. No. No. Uh, people are the worst, and I, I think that's another foundation of our relationship. <laughs> um, but I do enjoy the process of grocery shopping, weirdly. Well, I like making lists, and I like... And I can do a really efficient grocery shop because I'll make my list in order of, like, where it is in the store. Mm-hmm. And so I'll literally be done in less than 10 minutes. And that's kind of my goal. It's like, I don't want to spend a lot of time there because I just can't deal with other people in the way. And, like, I yeah. totally understand that. There are some days, though, when I like to meander a little bit and kind of hate watch people. Oh, my God. I can't. Like, there. <laughs> There are some days where exactly it's just people are awful and I want to get in and get out. Mm-hmm. And why are you going through the aisle so slowly? Yeah. And why are you in the dead center of it? You're driving <laughs> me crazy. But then sometimes it's fun to walk around and just see people. Like uh, one of my favorite things to do, it's awful, but I, I like to look at couples. Oh. Like, who's, who lost? <laughs> like... Well, who, who, who's there's just a lot. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting people out yeah. there and it is, but it, it just, I don't know, makes me sad. Yeah. I, yeah. <laughs> but I like to walk around Target mm-hmm. and I think because number one, it's brightly lit. It's merchandised really well and people don't 
I think the aisles are wider, and so you're not really, like, in the way of other people. Yeah. I love, and I can spend so much money in Target versus, like, going to grocery, like, the grocery store. I'm like, Mm -hmm. ugh, get me out of here. Like, I just want, I need eggs, and I need green onions, and I need to go. (laughs) I also think that there's an opportunity to discover new things at, like, for you for Target. Oh. Whereas at the grocery store, you know what you're going to get. Right. I love to browse. I'm a big browser. Yeah. And I like to touch and feel things, so I kind of just like being on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, anything else that you do for self-care? Um, do you have a beauty routine or not so much? I have a shaving routine. Oh, tell me about your shaving routine. Well, I... <laughs> How often? With what? So I you I shave my face about four times a week. Oh, that's so not, a lot. It's really not for a lot of dudes. Ugh, a lot of... I could never... And uh, since I don't have facial hair, that's why. Um, mm-hmm. But, like, some guys who don't have facial hair have to shave every day. Oh, God. What use, a like, chore. electric razors. Yeah, it's a pain in the ass. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I shave my head. Mm-hmm. And about a year or so ago, I, sw- I switched from a from clippers to a razor. Yeah. And so I use... Um, I don't like to use fancy shaving cream on my head because it seems wasteful. <laughs> you can use whatever you'd like. I mean, I use shaving cream, but, like, <laughs> I don't want to use, like... Really nice, a nice cream that you'd use on your face, on but my it, scalp. But it's the same thing. Mm. That's okay. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, so... Forgive yourself. Just buy the nice stuff. Uh, so, yeah, about once a week, I shave my head. Okay. And it feels good once it's done. Uh-huh. It just feels like I'm complete. Oh. I like that. Because it's like a task and... Right. That's me in shaving my legs. Yeah. It's like I do it the day before my weekend... Because during the week, I just cannot be bothered. And so on, like, my Friday of the week, I get every... I'll wash my hair. I'll shave Mm -hmm. my legs. I'll paint my nail. Like, everything is, like, done again. So it's, like, that weekly upkeep that makes me feel like like a normal human again. Yeah, I like to do it on my first day off. Like, first thing in the morning, I like to... Yeah. Um, Other ways I treat (laughs) myself, though, I like to indulge in, um, you know, finer things like beer. Mm. Like, not just beer, but, like, I enjoy finding a new beer that I've never had before. Yeah, it's like a hobby. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's fun to experience something weird and new that I never had before, and my job affords me a wide variety of things. Yeah. <clears throat> and so it's been fun the past few weeks to, like, every night I get to try a new beer that I've never seen or heard of before. That's cool. And to experience that and, you know, have this archive in my mind of... All these things, it's really cool because it's not for anybody else. It's not for my job. And it's not like I'm not, you know, writing on a blog. It's just a thing that I do for me. Yeah, I think that's also, I feel like that's kind of similar to like my perfume obsession because it's really personal. Mm -hmm. There's so many different varieties. But I'm also not doing it for anything else other than I just like it. Right. And you've actually shown me a lot of scents too. So um, I I am a big uh, fan of smells. And, like, yeah. finding the right scents. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, for perfumes and colognes, I really like the more unisex. Well, so what uh, fragrances do you use? Uh, I use Coach. Coach. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Victor Spice Bomb. That one's probably my favorite. The Spice Bomb. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like that one a lot. I like to wear that, too. Yeah. Especially, like, in the fall and winter time. Um, I like this. Yeah. Great. Anything else you want to share with us? Um... Just uh, listen to my podcast, <laughs> the 138 Simpsons podcast. Yeah, and me and Steve are hopefully working on a podcast together, and it's going to be around 
TV shows because mm-hmm. um, over the years, we've been together for over eight years now. I think our love of entertainment is like something that's always been in our relationship. Mm-hmm. It's how we like to spend quality time, especially after work. We make dinner and then we watch a TV show that we are either continuing or something that we've rewatched. But it's something that is like a common thread yeah. for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. So um, thanks, Steve, for being here with me this week. Thank you so much for having me on. It's been a lot of fun. Yeah. And uh, thanks for listening. You can find us on Instagram at Glow and Tell. You can email us at glowandtellpod at gmail.com. And hopefully next week we will have a breakdown of me and Karina's Sephora sale uh, purchases, what we've been loving for the month of April, and our countdown to the Met Gala. So thanks for listening this week, guys. This has been Laura, and I am signing off. Bye.